Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hoth, our hosts, Carl Leclerc and Jason Hunt, discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair Podcast, episode number 261, The Last Jedi First Reactions. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Kylo Ren to my General Hux, we have Carl Clay. That's right. I'm your Supreme Leader, Jason. And I will secretly be shooting you in the back next movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Jason, we have... There's so much to say. This is going to be all over the place, but before we start with anything, if you have not seen The Last Jedi, turn off the podcast now. We are spoiling. (laughs) Just heads up. (laughs) Spoiler warning. All of this podcast is going to be spoiler filled because we are not going to be able to contain ourselves from talking about what we have seen within the last 24 hours. So um, be warned, be aware. You don't want to be spoiled. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we have adequately said that. But yes, we know. Obviously, we were trying to keep our social media um, uh, uh, spoiler free at least until next week, because um, I know some folks can't get there till the weekend, and we want to respect that. But if if any of you are currently listening and you haven't seen it, turn it off. <laughs> Come back. The podcast will still be here. <laughs> yes, yes, it will. We're not going anywhere. Um, but Jason, I, I, there is no agenda. Let's just start talking about this movie. And I want to start with, um, asking you a question mainly because I have an answer to it for myself. Okay. And I, I want to ask you the question because I want your response. If you had to use one word, I know that's a challenge, but if you had to use one word to describe the last Jedi, what word would you use? Wow. Okay. That's. That's an easy one because okay. that's the one I keep hearing everywhere. Okay. Uh, I, I've seen it twice now. Um, I saw it last night with Joey and my brother, and then my mom wanted to go with me this morning. Um, so we caught an early matinee. And that's just the word that keeps coming out is wow. Um, so, I, yeah, that's the one word I have. Awesome. What about you? Mine is different. <laughs> um, it's, tr- it's very, very, very different. Um. And, uh, yeah, I, I would give wow a second, but second, my second word would be wow. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. And actually, so for me, the first half of the movie was all wow. Like literally wow. I was excited. I was on the edge of my seat. I was having a great time. And then things really start changing, right? Like things really start going outside of the box. And then for the second half of the film, I'm like, wow, this is very different. And mm-hmm. when the movie ended, and I know I was just telling you this off the air, but I, I leaned over to my friend Joe, not Joe Hogan, a different Joe. It's a group of Joes down in New York there. Um, but I said to him halfway through the movie, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so good. And then at the end of the movie, he turned to me and goes, what do you think? I was like, that was a great movie. I don't know if it was a great Star Wars movie. And thus began the big debate as we went out to a diner for the evening. <laughs> so, <laughs> um. And so let me, I just want to unpack that a little bit in case you're like, what do you mean it's not a good Star Wars movie? It just, it was so different to me from everything else. And I understand that that was kind of what they told us all along. 
And I don't think it's a bad thing. It just, it was just so, so, so different. Um, but there were so many amazing things in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. Jason, what's the biggest wow moment for you? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> this is, um, this is the question I, I texted Joe and, and Kyle or Joey and Kyle Baca last night as I was, you know, continuing to think about the movie a little bit. Um, what was your favorite awesome force power, Leia, Luke, or Yoda? Um, and and I think it's just the the feats of the force, I think, is the biggest wow moment from this movie for me. Because we saw some fantastic things of what the force can do. Um, and I love it. Uh, and, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm so thrilled to see... Uh, what we're getting and, and how powerful in the force Luke is um, that Yoda is still able to come back after death and influence the world, the corporeal world. Um, and then, you know, that Leia, while she's focused on the rebellion and everything and the Republic and all that fun stuff, she still has a little bit of time to do some training so she can do some pretty nifty stuff uh, like, you know, survive getting blown out of a, you know, command bridge and you know using the force to pull her back in and opening the door from the outside um so i i think that was that was my big my biggest wow moment was just the 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 displays of the force Mm -hmm. plus of course we get the continued um you know discussion between kylo and ray across the force throughout the whole movie which is another huge thing i thought that was so cool yeah that was amazing yeah. What What about you? I, I want to ask you that question first before you answer your biggest wow moment. You know, what What was your favorite awesome force move? Hmm. You know, in all honesty, I had a lot of fun just watching Snoke. Um, the things <laughs> he was doing were very powerful. Um, I, 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 yeah, I just, I, I mean, right at the beginning there, when when they fail and right, they escape from uh, Dakar. And he's like, oh, I'll take, you know, Nux is like, oh, I'll take that call in my, you know, private chambers. Then boom, there he is. And he just (laughs) throws him down face first onto the ground and drags him across the floor. I mean, that is powerful. And same with Kylo, like the way he just shocks Kylo back, the way he manipulates Ray. Ray calls the lightsaber, it swirls around and hits her in the back of the head. Like, (laughs) I mean, it's, I just thought that was amazing getting to see. Snoke be very much his own villain and it very much his own dark side powers, right? Yeah. Like, and everything about those powers were very dark sidey, right? Because they're all about controlling and manipulating someone else very, in a very physical, brute way, which yes. screams dark side. And I loved it because it was so different from that, the that's Emperor. That's a great way to put it because it, it, it is brute. It's, it's raw power that he has. It's not finessed, it's not focused, and it wouldn't stand up against Palpatine. But he is very strong, and it's raw power that he is channeling, uh, and not necessarily um, something trained uh, in the traditional sort of way. Right. Right. Um, so let's talk some wow moments. Yeah. What, what, what's your biggest wow moment? I. I- I guess you, I, should I just should is there do you think there's a distinction between favorite moment and favorite wow and like wow moment? Um, uh, I mean there could be if you want to make that dis- distinction. 
I guess the biggest wow moment then I will make that distinction. But the biggest wow moment is definitely at the end of the film, the fact that Luke is able to buy locate in a very physical way. Yeah. Um, and my initial response to that was like, whoa, this is weird. Is he like a hologram? I don't like this. But then when we go to him meditating on Octu and he's floating and meditating, I'm like, this is unbelievable. Like that is Luke Skywalker. That is what he's transcended to, right? And he literally yeah. becomes Ben Kenobi. And do you mind, Jason, if I read something from the Legends of Luke Skywalker novel? Please. It's oh, a- my gosh. There was there – was- Lots of references to that novel. Yeah. I, I haven't finished it, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many references in this movie. So, Someone got the script. <laughs> they read, so, they wrote yeah. I, so I apologize to any of you who haven't read it. Like, you feel free to cover your ears for the next 10 seconds. But this is a line from one of the stories in the Legends of Luke book. And this is Luke talking about Ben Kenobi giving himself up for death. And he says, Quote, it was a look of pure peace and contentment. No fear, no anger, no regret, no sorrow. He became stronger than his enemy could possibly imagine because he knew it was time to let go. He trusted the force. It was a lesson I still have a hard time accepting. Oh, it's beautiful. Like, that's a beautiful, that was, I literally like, whenever I'm reading a book and there's something I really love, I take a picture with my phone just so I can go back and reread these things. Um, <laughs> nice. And uh, I loved that because that's i mean that's exactly what luke becomes right because han solo's death is not ben kenobi's death and it's also not qui-gon's death again it's the death of the mentor but they're all distinctly different right the way they play out i love that luke's is so anchored in what he first witnessed ben kenobi do and it's exactly this like just this beautiful moment of like i've done everything i can do i'm gonna i'm gonna buy them the time they need to get out of here and it's just absolutely beautiful because – and I, I got to give credit here because this was jo- – Joe Hogan made this great point last night. He said that it was really cool. He thought that obviously the reason Luke is in the state he is at the start of that movie is because he still struggles with the same thing he struggled with on Dagobah and that's believing, believing what he's capable of, right? Mm. Um, he's doubting himself and he, right, he even shuts himself off to the force. Um, but here he is completely trusting it. Right, he completely believes in it, and it's just absolutely incredible. Um, and and I love that he knows he can't save Ben, right? Because yeah. the, and they, I think they did such a great job of giving us that flashback. I was honestly hoping for a little bit more of like maybe a fight scene in the uh, like Jedi Temple, but that's okay. I have a <laughs> I, I do have a feeling that we might get like a, a Kylo Ren story in the next few years, which I'd be totally on board for, like a standalone. Oh, yeah. Like that would be awesome. Um, but like seeing, I love how we got the same, again, this is so Ben, this is so Obi-Wan Kenobi from Return of the Jedi about points of view, right? We get that same flashback of Luke getting tossed out, but we get it from both Luke and Kylo's perspective. And I love, right, for Luke, it's like, I knew there was so much darkness in him. I knew Snoke was getting to him. And for a moment of weakness there, I thought I had to snuff that out, right? So he goes in there to kill him, realizes that's not who I am, right? Like, I can't make this decision for Ben. And he turns the lightsaber off, but it's too late because Ben saw it. And Ben hates Luke. And I, I think that is, why wouldn't you? Your uncle, who you trust and love and think is your Jedi master, comes in to murder you in your sleep. Of course you're going to hate him. And I love that Luke admits that to Leia and says, I can't save him. But like, yeah. the implication is, but maybe you or or Ray can. 
And right. I, obviously, it's not going to be Leia, sadly. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that might have been the original plan. Because um, he clearly has a soft spot for his mother. He does not pull that trigger. Um, no. Which, oh, that's a great scene, too. I'm getting way off topic here, Jason. You want to intersect here or interject? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I do. I do. I, I like the flashback. You know, we we've never had flashbacks technically in star Wars. We've had the force back, the vision that we got in the force awakens. Uh, we've had the, the prequel that we got, uh, or the, the prologue, excuse me, that we got in rogue one, but we have this flashback here, but it works so well. It fits so well with the, the narrative that, that Ryan Johnson was going with that. It didn't take me out, um, of the movie at all. Um, uh, and so, we got the sanitized history book version, essentially, that you know Luke initially tells Ray. Then we get the point of view from Kylo, which is twisted and uh, is the motivation for all of, of Kylo's rage. And then we get the, actually, no, this is what really happened uh, from Luke. Um, and so we get that three times um, before we finally get the real answer as to what happened. And you can see in that interaction both why Kylo hates Luke so much and why Luke hates himself so much enough to abandon everything and go on to an Island in the middle of nowhere to die. Yeah. You can see it and it makes sense. So I, I got that answer. I got that, 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 that question was answered for me in a way that works. And so that's, one thing from this movie that really uh, connected with, so I, I'm I'm happy that we got that. Is that the reason why Luke is out by himself is this, and that makes sense. So, yeah, it, it made me happy to have an answer that made sense and was impactful enough to uh, be worth, you know, to, to to be worthy of the extremes that we had gone to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know. It, something I had speculated for a long time until now (laughs) um, was that, you know, hopefully Luke had gone there because he was, he was seeking a purpose, right? Like hoping to connect with the force or something, but Mm -hmm. it's clearly not the case. Like you just said, like he just goes there to die. Yeah. Um, And he goes there because he he assumes it's an impossible place to find. Um, And uh, which is, you know, makes sense. Um, Jason, how good was that scene with him and Leia? Oh my gosh. That scene warmed my heart so much. Um, I needed it. It was so good. It was so tender. It was, you know, brother and sister, uh, you know, uh, comrades in arms, um, you know, there was a deep connection there and there was so much was said with so few words and it meant the world to have that moment. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Jason, I just, I have to play this cause I got one of the things I really wanted, which is this. Not the first thing we hear that like a million times in the movie. Here it is.
How beautiful is that? You chilled, bro. I know. Ugh. And it even goes into the Han and Leia theme when he gives her the uh, when he gives her the chance cubes. Dice, yeah, yeah, the dice. Excuse me, not cubes. Um, there, oh, oh, that was actually really cute. Embo just came out from under my covers, like meowing. It sounded like he was crying to the music. <laughs> that was really cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, that scene is beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, and I really thought he was there. Like I really didn't realize he wasn't. I know. Um, I know. I, let me ask you this: Why? Why wasn't he there? Why? Why by locate? Um, because in reality, uh, he couldn't have survived the barrage that Kylo Ren unleashed upon him uh, with all the cannons. Mm. Let's be honest. You know, he is the great Jedi Master, but this is. And he knows he's going, in a sense, to his death anyways. So if he can do it like this and put that nagging feeling in the back of Kylo's head to keep looking over his shoulder and to just take one you know, thing away from him, in a sense, um, I-, I think it works. And also, Luke's X-Wing has been in the bottom of that lagoon for years, and I doubt it's functional anymore. Sure. So I, I don't think he can get off world. Yeah, that's a fair so, point. And, um, and how, be, how, from a practical point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and also it is, again, very kind of Ben Kenobi in the sense that when Kylo, in a sense, strikes him down, he, he just disappears, right? Yeah. Like he wa- he's clearly like teaching Kylo a, a final lesson in yes. a way, right? Um, yeah. So, yeah. That, there, there are there – are two subtle cues during that that confrontation now that i've seen it twice um to say that he's not actually there during that confrontation out on the salt flats do you want me to tell you yeah i mean the only the only uh glaring one is the fact he looks different i figure maybe he just well, got his hair right right so, i mean but you know the the difference in the look is you know maybe he fixed himself up before he left planet i mean that right, that's right. conceivable yeah uh but the the two subtle cues are um, after that first pass when Luke is uh, between Kylo and the First Order troops and you watch his feet go across this, the, the white crystal sand, no red comes up underneath. Oh. Um, cool. And then the lightsaber he has is the one that Kylo and Rey tore apart. Yeah. I, that didn't click for me either because it's like, wait a minute. How does he have his lightsaber that's been ripped in half? Right. Um, so, um, were you, but happy? also, well, uh, sorry, speaking of lightsabers, one little yeah. thing that my mom noticed this morning when we were watching it is that Kylo's lightsaber responds to how pissed off he gets. It responds to his emotional state because when he's using it in Snoke's chamber, when he and Ray are in sync fighting the Praetorian guards, it is rather calm. It is very focused. It is very still. But when he is on those flats confronting Luke Skywalker, it is so angry and going nuts um, that Kylo's emotions influence the angriness and the unbalancedness of his saber. Mm, that's really cool. Um, so, yeah. Were you happy to see, I mean, granted, it was only in that brief flashback, but that you did get to see Luke's green lightsaber? 
I, I was yes, I was sated with that. I was like, okay, I got it, I got it. I knew, I know he still had it after all this time. So you know, that was, I was okay with that. So yeah, I loved the duel he had with Ray though, right before she leaves. Yeah, that was great. That was absolutely great. How she knocks him over and he yeah. uses the force to catch himself right before he touches the the yep. steps. Yep. Yeah, but their little <laughs> duel there is is phenomenal. Yeah, um, I'd love how he just like pulls that weather vane like to himself <laughs> and just immediately defends himself. And he's clearly the better, better like dueler. Which, yeah, which I appreciated. Um, and yeah, that, that was great. His uh, his lightsaber stance. He doesn't even really do they ever actually cross blades. He and Kylo. I feel no. like every time Kylo goes at him, he just you know sidesteps or ducks or right. Yeah, um, no, he they don't because if they had, then the the illusion would have been broken. Oh yeah, that's a good point. So um, because there's nothing really there, right? So I mean, although sort of, he kisses Leia on the forehead, right? I mean, sort of, and he comes with the cubes, or excuse me, the dice, right? So. Which fade away um, in Kylo's hands. So oh, I I guess I forgot that. I, I'm glad I'm going again in a couple hours. So. <laughs> Um, By the way, how, how long do you have? Because I want to make sure you don't miss that. Don't worry. I'll let, <laughs> I will let you know. <laughs> okay, good. Got a little time. But, um, you know, I I really want to talk about some of the newer characters too, though. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, to me, the one who really shines as 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 so far as like just new as in sequel trilogy new is Poe. Poe is amazing in this movie. Poe was great. Yeah. I loved Poe. Um, uh, yes. And I love that his character is, again, like this brash pilot that Leia's really trying to, you know, she's trying to mold him into something better. Yeah. You know, that slap is great. You know, <laughs> um, she slaps him because she cares more than he's just he disobeyed an order like she's pissed because he's not getting it right. Like he is dropping the ball on becoming something better. Um, and I didn't like Haldo at first because of course I was on team Poe, but then when you learn what she's doing, I was like, Oh, she's a fanatic. like, she's a phenomenal character. Oh yeah. Um, uh, no, that, that was a great subplot going on there. Um, it, it, you're right. The slap is, is great. Cause you know, you cut in slap, you're demoted. <laughs> it's, it's like, well, you kind of deserve that Poe for disobeying your general's orders, you know, turning her off. Um, when she's telling you what to do. So that was, but yes, no, Poe was great. Um, he's, you know, his mode of, of keeping things, you know, uh, of survival is to blast his way out, you know, to, to be very active and confrontational, uh, in order to get out and to survive another day. Uh, whereas Holdo in particular and Leia to a, a, a certain extent, are are trying to play the long game and that doesn't mesh well together. And so the confrontation between Holdo and Poe, because while while Poe understands that Leia is trying to win the long game here, he also uh, respects her enough to let her do that. But when he's confronted in con- uh, by by Holdo, who is uh, very dismissive of his hot headed fight your way out, you know, in order to survive ways. Um, 
it rubs him the wrong way instantly and he has to resist it. Right. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Um, how about Ray? Ray is amazing. She I is, mean, you know, um, I think, I think they still dropped the ball a bit on her though. In this, I, I, how so? Um, well, I didn't feel like she was the main character. This movie struggled, in my opinion, to really make it clear who the main character is. It's three of them. It's three of them. It's Luke, Kylo, Ray. Yeah, and I think that that's it's too much. It's too cluttered. I don't result. know because we had that going in the Phantom Menace. Uh, <laughs> Phantom Menace I mean, kind of flopped on like giving us the 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 uh, protagonist. Um, well, a no, little bit. What, I, what um, I'm saying is, it's an ensemble cast. You know, we we you know, it, it's not the story isn't purely one characters. Um, and you know, with the Phantom Menace, you know, we had Qui Gon, Obi Wan, Anakin, Padme, to some extent, Jar Jar. You know, we we had an ensemble, um, and that's what's going on with this, and that's why the movie is the longest Star Wars movie we have, is because you have three characters. You know. Making the you know having three driving storylines, character and character arcs in this movie that have to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why the movie's longer. Um, yeah, I just I thought what they did with Ray on Octu was awesome. It's so good. I love literally love how she sleeps outside. She waits at the door. It's such like a classic like master apprentice story from like I don't know like samurai days right like the master refuses you so you just continue to stay and your persistence eventually pays off i loved that theme i mean it was very like kurosawa um and so i love that they gave kind of that that nod and that callback to the idea of it was a very different master apprentice relationship and I, i don't even think i would call it a master apprentice relationship he never really trains her um, and sure, a few lessons and that's about it. Yeah. And again, that's like, to me, again, a little bit of a gripe again with like how powerful she is, how good she is with the lightsaber. Like she, it, they make sense of it by the fact that like, she's clearly showing off with the staff and it's like, yeah, she knows how to fight, right? Like she's spent much of her life fighting to stay alive. So then she pulls yeah. out the lightsaber. So she is very adept and, you know, to be fair, she is so powerful with the force that, she doesn't need as much training as probably somebody else would, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really wanted some more level of formalized training than we got um, because I think her deciding to leave to save Ben is very abrupt. Um, well, it is. And um, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm it, it didn't not work for me. It just felt abrupt. I'm going to, I would again, want to watch it tonight. See how it feels like this time. I mean, Anakin's turn to the dark side is extremely abrupt in revenge of the Sith. Um, so. Oh, and, and Luke's departure from Dagobah is also abrupt. He gets a vision. And he's like, I got to go. Right. Yeah. But his vision is deeply connected to the friends that are now his family raises for a stranger um, who she clearly has a strong connection to via the force. Right. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, well, the, 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 let's 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 talk about the two of them. Yeah. For because because obviously what we're getting here is we're getting two characters who feel utterly alone. Mm-hmm. 
And for whatever reason, the Force is bringing them together across the galaxy. Across the stars. <laughs> across the stars, yes. Um, and and they are connecting in a way that they can never connect with anyone else before. And so that connection draws them together. And it makes, to me, the the progression that we get with Rey and Kylo going from the first interaction of them together to her trying to shoot him, um, you know, instinctively to ultimately touching hands, that progression leads her to leaving Octo. Yeah. Um, and I don't think it's, you know, it's subtle, but I don't think it's quite as abrupt as you're saying, uh, because that connection keeps drawing her, keeps pulling at her and they're, they're both pulling at each other, to a more neutral place of communication rather than this antagonistic approach that first, you know, that, that was their first connection there. Sure. No, that's so. a good point. Um, yeah, I do. I, the all, every time we get to see Kylo alone, it, it, that's exactly what he is. He is all alone. Yeah. Um, so, it's it's great how it does just bring them together. One question though, she asks Kylo that he doesn't answer, which really bothered me. She asked him point blank, "But why did you kill Han Solo?" He doesn't answer the question. I don't think he knows. Yeah, maybe that's why. That's a fair point. Um, but yeah, I wanted an answer because it's a good <laughs> question. Because um, she's like, "Why did you hate him?" He's like, "I didn't hate him." Um, did you kill him? Then why did you kill him? No answer. <laughs> what? <laughs> um. But you're right. Like, I mean, at the beginning of the movie, when he's getting shamed by Snoke, which again, great, great moment. Um, oh, I love that moment. Cause it's, again, it's like, Ooh, Kylo's totally going to turn on him. Right. Like yeah. they set that up right from the beginning, the way he's talking down to him and shaming him and saying how, you know, maybe you're just a mistake. I shouldn't have wasted my time on you. Just um, a child in a mask. Exactly. You know, take that thing off, you know? Um, like it's, so incredible um and like oh yeah i i really appreciate that um he is now on his own he has completely ostracized himself from his family because he's killed his father mm-hmm. he probably assumes his mother hates him um he thinks luke, like he hates luke and he clearly has no friends in the first order. I mean, he has, yeah, there are people that'll take his orders. Hux hates him. Now Snoke seems to be like against him. He's on his own. And yeah. yeah and then the force brings Ray into his life. And I, you know, I did like that. All those lines that people were talking about in the trailers being misdirection. Oh, Snoke's talking about Ray. I love that. He wasn't, I love that. He's talking about Kylo and all those lines, yeah. right? Like when I fought, first found you, I saw raw potential, blah, blah, blah. That's so good that and it was about Kylo. And then Snoke takes that away. Yeah. You know? Maybe I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. And Right, like we've learned that the reason, because Adam Driver talks about this, the reason Kylo Ben falls ultimately, um, the reason he becomes, you know, able to be seduced is because he doesn't see, he doesn't feel like he's being seen. He doesn't feel like his family does see him and recognize him. Mm-hmm. Snoke does, and that's what draws him in. But now Snoke, you know, is just throwing that all in his face, and 
I love his response to it because he kills him. Right. Did not see that coming. No, I didn't. I was like, what? So he's going to be deathly, you know, gravely wounded, but he'll be back. And then he pulls the lightsaber out of him. And I'm like, oh, he just fell out of his chair. Uh, okay. Did not see that coming. I did not see that coming. Yeah. That was a good, that was a good twist. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I know it's been controversial. A lot of people are not pleased that they killed Snoke off in you know, the movie. Um, I assumed Snoke wouldn't survive through nine. So again, it's kind of neat that they killed him off this early and also neat that now Kylo is Supreme leader, Kylo Ren, right? Yeah. Um, very, very interesting. He is not, uh, I don't see him being a very effective leader of something this big. <laughs> um, oh. But yeah, that moment. Um, so when he, right, he's slowly turning the lightsaber. Snoke, again, Snoke is in that moment, he's Emperor Palpatine in the sense of like, he's so full of himself. He thinks he knows everything. He's like, I know exactly what Kylo's thinking. I know he'll do my bidding, blah, 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 blah. He's focused. He's, you know, turning the lightsaber to strike at his true enemy, yeah. which is true. He does. You. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And, but again, his arrogance, your arrogance blinds you, Master Yoda. Uh, your arrogance blinds you, Supreme Leader Snoke. Um, exactly. And uh, when he does that, so again, okay, I just want to go into this moment because it's my favorite moment in the movie. Um, it's one of it's probably my favorite fight scene in Star Wars since Duel of the Fates. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, maybe I gotta calm myself a bit in a little while, but yeah, no, it's definitely my favorite fight in Star Wars besides the Duel of the Fates. Um, it is so good, calling that lightsaber to his hand. And just, uh, just going nuts with Ray back to back, and oh my god, I loved it, and we, I loved that like it teased all of that in that behind the scenes training featurette, which I loved. Yeah. And again, I was like, okay, well, they, again, they could just be doing this to like get them used to all sorts of fighting styles, right? A lot of times when you're training for a movie like for combat scenes, like you do all sorts of things that you never necessarily do on camera, right? It's just to get you used to movement with things, different, you know, different ways of moving your body or the weapon, blah, blah, blah. I've seen blah, blah, blah a lot tonight. I don't know why. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, yada, yada. I should just Seinfeld it. Um, but, uh, we saw that like my favorite thing in the training feature is that shot of Adam driver, like, th like tossing one guy to side and then bringing up to deflect another. We literally saw that move. He like cuts down uh, a Praetorian, like just tosses him aside like a rag doll and then immediately, you know, parries the other blow. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> like I know it was, it was a really awesome fight sequence. And the fact that Kylo and Ray have to go at it back to back and rely on each other, that is the height of their connection. They are so in tune there that you could see them on the same side, whether that's good or bad. You could see them teamed up on the same side. And so when, when we get that scene where Rey is trying to convince Kylo to stop the fleet and then Kylo invites her to join him because, you know, no one, you know, she's a nobody to everybody except for him. Yeah. Which is. Very manipulative thing to say, much like Snoke would say. Um, but, uh, you know, you get that moment of doubt as to what Ray's choice is going to be. You know, uh, 
me personally, I didn't think she was going to turn. And so uh, I, I was very pleased to see her just reach for the lightsaber. Uh, but you have that question. It's like, oh, God, is she actually going to take him up on this offer? Because he's offering her a place to belong, which you know she's been looking for her family all this time. And we get an answer as to who her parents are. I'm honestly not sure if I still believe it, though. That she's a nobody? Well, that that she is a nobody, but that... I don't know. The details about who her parents are... I feel like Kylo could have... um, Although why he would, I don't know. But I feel like Kylo could have stretched the truth and said something to just drive home his point that she is completely a nobody. Um, I don't know that there's still questions. We got some of an answer, um, enough of an answer to know that she's not related to anybody. Uh, but I don't, there's still questions about her, her parentage that interest me. Well, like he says, they sold her off, right? Like they just tossed her aside for extra money. Right. Um, how does he know that? <laughs> you know, that's again. Exactly. Like that's my thing. And, yeah. I, and I'm wondering if when they touched, he saw that in her mind. Um, and it's something that she's been running from and hiding from all this time. Um, because it's possible that she's done that. It's entirely possible that she's done that, especially at such a young age. You, you can't bear the truth of what's happened. And so you bury it and create a story as to what's really going on mm-hmm. but i don't know i yeah. wonder if there was a, a deeper reason behind why they left her on jakku and just never came back and never were able to come back right yeah um i think there's again there's going to be more to that in episode nine yeah i think there has to be um but here's here's a thought i had jason while watching the end of that scene and there standing there victorious, right? And with that great closing shot, like that guy is trying to choke out Kylo. Who he's, he's, you know, dropped his lightsaber. She yells, I love that she calls him Ben that entire scene. Um, yeah. Says Ben tosses him, you know, the her lightsaber and then, you know, just right through the face. <laughs> you <Yes>. know, <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's just so cool. And then when they're standing there kind of, I honestly thought it was kind of a 10. I thought they were going to kiss. I really did. And I really wanted them to. Um, but uh, I, I don't know that that Ray is going to end up having any sort of romantic interest. Although the way Poe introduces himself, he's pretty excited. He knows who yeah. she is. Uh, yeah. I would love to see those two get together. That's like the most gorgeous couple in all of the universe. Um, <laughs> but uh, right. Uh, it would be interesting. Like, looks like Finn might be uh, having his attention split. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was talking to a friend and they felt that the, um, the chemistry w- was severely lacking between those two for, ro- mm. for romance at least. So I was like, yeah, I kind of see that. Like they were a great team. Um, and I knew like it got to the point where I was like, okay, I think this is going to take a romantic turn. Um, I was fine with it though. I don't think it was, I didn't think it was ba- like that bad. No, um, no. And, and obviously Finn is not considering romance at all yet, No, but she's, you know, He's a hero of the resistance when she first meets him. Right. And he's he has now you know, he fell 
from that as soon as she realized what he was trying to do. Yeah. He fell from a lofty place, and now he's regained it by being willing to sacrifice his life to fight the First Order. Um, and so he's back as that hero of the Resistance in her eyes, which you know is why she's feeling that way for him, um, I think. But yeah. now, bringing that up, though, um, it just has me thinking about how a lot of characters in this movie are also – they're there to – reignite right there's a lot of language in this movie about sparks going out right and like and being the spark that'll you know start the new resistance right there's a lot of language about re-sparking rekindling ray rose and well i guess ray and rose they they are that they are sparks rose's character is finn's spark that brings him back into hero mode right like she I love that line she says after – by the way, I thought he was going to die. I really thought he was going to kill himself. I did but too. I, himself, I was like, no, like no, no, himself. Yeah. I was like, oh my god. Finn's going to die in this? And I was really bo- – I'm like, no. Do not take him from me. Right. Um, and uh, I love that she comes in and I love what she says to him. You know, it's better not to fight against what you hate but for what you love. I was like, oh, that is so beautiful. Love. Yeah. Yeah. That was so beautiful. It was she, so good. And then she kisses him. Oh, yeah. He was expecting that at all. Yeah, no. Yeah, you can tell because it's that not was, a good That kiss. was almost a Han and Leia kiss from Return of the Jedi. Um. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I love that. Like, that's exactly the point of her character. I also loved her introduction scene where she's – I my, like again, like she, Kelly Marie Tram is fantastic in this movie. Yes. And and again, I, like we, we played at the top of the show, like that's her theme song. That's the only new theme song in the. Uh, that's the only character theme song in the in the new movie, um, is Rose. And I thought it was very interesting. Oh, you know, like odd that she's the only one to get a theme, right? We talked a lot of. Um, I mean, I guess actually, I want to sidebar this. I don't want to talk about the music right now, but it's. I think it's really neat that she gets a theme because again, her character is so important, right? Like she is so starstruck by Finn. And then she does see like he's he's not necessarily a deserter. He's just still all he cares about is Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, she brings him back into the fold. She sees so much more in him. And again, like that brings it out. And what I love about Ray, she's also that spark for both Luke and Ben. Right. She tell like she's saying to Luke, like, I need you to train me. We need you back. And when he continually refuses, she's like, fine, then I know now our only hope is Ben Solo. Um, so she's going to go after him because she's like, I know there's more to him too. I know he'll, I know he can come back and right. right like, so she sees the inherent goodness in both of those characters. Um, in a way, Ray kind of reminds me of episode one, Anakin, um, in the sense of purity, if that yes. makes sense, right? Like she is no. not, she is not that like kind of naive, innocent, pure child that Anakin is, but she has that purity of vision that Anakin has. And I really like that. And I'm not trying to say they're the same character. They're very much not, but I like that. She's the one who's coming into this very, I, I feel like a, a strong theme throughout last Jedi is the idea of gray, right? Like the idea of this in between, right? Like DJ's character is great. Like there is no good and bad. Like these people sell to both sides, right? Like, I just live. Um, and we can talk about him in a minute if you want. But, uh, right, like, in the midst of all that gray, I feel like Ray is very black and white. Yeah. she's and, and let me tell you, Jason, I like that. 
all our damn movies today are all about this gray zone. And I know, yeah, that's real life. Life is not black and white. I know that. But the reason I watch Star Wars is to be elevated into something very different. That is a black and white story of good versus evil. That's an like I like that. I don't need more and more Deadpool and antiheroes, right? Like um, <laughs> those things are fine, but they're, I don't necessarily want Star Wars to become that. And I don't think it did. I think we right. have characters who are very conflicted. I love that that's the language they used to. Like they're, they're in this conflict. But you know who's mm-hmm. not conflicted? Ray. Ray has a pure purpose. And her purity gives Luke his purity back. And I love that. Like it's so beautiful. It's interesting. She's so busy trying to find the spark for the galaxy, for the resistance. Doesn't realize she, she is the spark. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, I stole that from I stole your thunder. Damn it. I'm sorry, Jason. <laughs> no, but no, like but you're right. You're right. She's she's trying to find it. And Luke isn't having any of it. He he's like, I'm done. This is I'm I'm not what you're looking for. And his time has come and gone in a in a you know larger sense. And Kylo doesn't want anything to do with the resistance. He doesn't want anything to do with that. He wants to create something new, let the past die, all that fun stuff, and just to forge forward with this new Jason. What? Love that you just said all that fun stuff. After, <laughs> let the past die. All that fun stuff. All that fun stuff, you know. Um, I mean, whatever. But okay, so you know, he doesn't want anything to do with providing hope or that spark. That's that's not who he is, and he's you know he wants to pull Ray out of that. Um, but she is that spark. She is that light in the darkness. You know, the the one that that Leia is hoping for. Right. And actually, think about this too. Kylo Ren is is a black and white character. He's just kind of black because yeah. his 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 naivete is simply let's just kill everything and we'll start over, right? Like right. that's not really how that's not really productive either. Like he's like it's you know it's time for the Sith to be over. It's time for the First Order to be over. But it's also time for Luke to be gone and the Jedi to be gone. Like he wants to kill everybody, <laughs> you know, um, and then just rebuild things on his own. Yeah, I will destroy you, the the rebels, everything. You know, that's what he says to Luke. Um, so he's he's going to destroy it all, raise it to the ground, and rebuild. Yeah. At, oh my gosh, Jason, you know what that just made me think of. Huh. And I don't know if this is intentional or not. And and I'll I'll need folks who are listening who are more better versed in legends than I am. But the reason Jason Solo falls in Legends is because, and the reason he turns to the dark side and becomes Darth Cadus is because he thinks this is what's best for the galaxy. Sounds kind of similar to Kylo in a way. Mark, Mark Harleman, are you listening? Yeah. Uh, we need you to weigh in on this. <laughs> <laughs> or anybody who knows Legends better than we do. Um, right. But yeah, I do. I, and I always, I mean, I liked, I loved that story arc. I thought that like series, I think it's Legacy of the Force. It went way too long. It was a nine, nine book series that could have been, could have been a great series in three or four books. Um, but I loved, you know, Jason's fall and he, you know, he knows why Anakin falls. He knows it's because of his attachments and blah, blah yada, yada. Um, and, um, right. But <laughs> Jason Solo thinks that by going to the dark side, he's doing what's best for the galaxy because he needs to take control of this very splintered situation, right? I will make it all better because I will just rebuild it. 
and that's exactly what Kylo does. I, I and again, like I don't know if they are directly being influenced by Legends or not, but I do like that. To me, there is some connection there, and and maybe I'm overstating it. I don't know. I, again, if you are a Legends person, let us know what you think about that. Yeah, and and the the thing about that is is you know whether it's directly influenced by the Legends, uh, you know, material or not, is it's a common enough reason for someone as conflicted as Ben to do that. Right. You know, um, someone young, impulsive and conflicted. That's an easy place to go for them. Um, and, and so, you know, whether or not it's directly influenced by legends, it's at least parallel, you know, parallel to it um, in the sense that it could be the same reasoning for both sure. Jason and Ben. Right. Right. Um, Jason, not Jason Solo, Jason Hunt. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so obviously, I, I talked about my favorite scene, which is the fight with the Praetorians. What's your favorite moment? What's your like all time? Like what was as of right now? What is your mm, this is this is the scene or moment that really did it for me in this movie? What what was that for you? Um, oh, I don't know. I, and I really it's so hard because I'm there's so much information in this movie that I'm still processing and still freaking out about in, a, in such a good way. Um, honestly, though, the the confrontation between Luke and Kylo is just one for the ages because of, of what it says of Luke's power and the fact I mean, oh, my gosh, come on, really, the the hole gets blown in that shield door. And Luke walks through the hangar in front of all the resistance fighters out the smoky hole to confront the entire First Order army that is approaching. I mean, that shot in and of itself is just, oh, I love it so much. That being said, I love the opening space battle a lot, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so... I, I, there's so much this movie, so many elements of it, so many parts of it that I, I really like. And I, I'm still formulating like full opinions. I'm still formulating favorites. But I will say I popped when the Res- March of the Resistance played as soon as those bombers start coming into the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, yes! <laughs> so- <laughs> but yeah, no, I... But I think I'll have to go with that confrontation between Luke and Kylo. Um, one one thing I want to I want to say though, um, and this is just sort of a thing I, I noticed um, watching this movie twice now, uh, is that my favorite like really minor character, like you know background type character who gets some screen time, uh, is Captain Kennedy, uh, the the captain of the Dreadnought. Mm. I like that guy. I like him so much um, because he's like this this hard as nails, you know, traditional ship captain. And, you know, he's <laughs> he's pissed off because they wouldn't let him launch his fighters five minutes ago. Um, and and when the bombers, you know, when the bombs finally drop, he stands there defiant, you know, as a true captain should going down with a ship. Um, I don't know. I really liked him. Just something I, I wanted to throw out there. I like no, that's that's very interesting. He he definitely worked for me too. Um, 
Hey, Jason, how about the porgs? <laughs> Embo, stop. Sorry, I'm having cat problems. <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right, he's gone. Yeah, talking about you. Anyway, sorry, everybody. Um, I I will say my brother and I came out of the movie last night, and all David was, and all my brother was doing was was making porg noises. So, um, yeah, that was. <laughs> I, yep. <laughs> sorry. I love this that, little plush thing. That one in particular. <laughs> yeah. Uh, His little battle cry, right? As Chewie is flying into the Battle of Crate. That is literally a porg giving a battle cry. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. What did you think about the porgs? I loved them. I thought they were absolutely perfectly used. Um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're funny in all the right moments. They're adorable all the time. When Chewie's about to bite into that roasted porg... <laughs> And they're all looking at him. And then there's that one that's like whimpering. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And that will melt my heart till the day I die. <laughs> like, I love it. It's so, so good. It's so funny. Um, and how about the little nest they make in the uh, Millennium Falcon? Like, it's yes. so good. It's uh, like and, I, and the reason I love them so much is because that's Star Wars, right? Like Star Wars needs to have kind of that cutesy element, mm-hmm. um, right? Like. And I like that Ryan gave us that back because, you know, Force Awakens, while it certainly is fun and it has its very much funny moments, none of that cutesy stuff is there because they're trying to really distance themselves from that. But I love that Ryan fully embraces it with the Porgs. And again, they're so perfect. Also, the caretakers. (laughs) I loved them, but was slightly disappointed we didn't get to learn a little bit more. Um, So... I think they're great. I think they worked really well. I loved their look, actually. Like, they are very Star Wars to me. They're little dino nuns. Yeah, yeah. And I love that they were those little amulets. Again, don't know what they are, but I would assume it has something to do with a religion or sect of some kind. It's, you know, the Jedi has something to do with the Jedi, I would assume. Yeah. Uh, Or sect of the Jedi. uh, Because they're there, they've been taking care of the... Uh, this is the first Jedi temple and they've been, you know, that's what they do. So they right. take care of it. Right. The only thing, yeah. The one thing I wish and, and uh, w- as far as the car- the caretakers go is I didn't like Luke gives a very brief exposition about them, which is enough. Like I don't need like a long story about the history of the caretakers on Octu. I just, I would have liked to have seen them either use the force a little bit or I don't know, just do something themselves um, that like, showed a very explicit devotion to the force um Mm. again like it's implied and and i'm not saying it was necessarily needed i just would have liked it um and uh but my goodness i think to me probably the funniest moment is when she cuts the rock in half and they're (laughs) pushing their wheelbarrow and it just gets taken out oh my god that's so funny (laughs) and they just sort of look at the handlebars and, and the one in one's hands and then they just both slowly look up the cliff at Ray. I don't think they like me very much. I can't imagine why. (laughs) No, I don't like you either. Uh, Oh Oh my my goodness. goodness. Um, Yeah, they were great. I thought they were fun. Um, Oh man. And then I I like the Fothiers too because uh, we, we got creature interactions in star wars again you know it was similar to the arena battle in 
uh, Attack of the Clones because you're riding the monsters and everything. But it was also sort of pod racing uh, because they're on this track and all that fun stuff at first. And then they, you know, it's the big chase with the police officers. But I thought they were great and they were they were kind of cute, too. So, um yeah, they had those big eyes that made you feel sorry for them. Uh, yeah, uh, and they're obvious. They show up in the the Legends of Luke Skywalker book. There's a the planet he's on where there are Fathiers that are mentioned, and I was like, oh, obviously these are going to be in Last Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. The crystal foxes were really cool too. Yeah, I thought they were like they were, they were like beautiful and cute. Which it was a great yes. mix. Um, but uh, uh oh, you know what? what you know what, Carl? Ha. I forgot a favorite moment. Oh, that I please need to mention. Yes, Luke sitting at the Tajeric table in the Falcon, Ugh. and R two wakes up. Yep. Oh my gosh, that made me so happy! Like I nearly squealed um, when R two starts lighting up, and <laughs> I thought R two was going to change his mind at first because you know when Luke says, "I can't go back," you're not. There's nothing you can do to change my mind. And Archie sort of looks at him for a second and then starts playing Help Me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, You're My Only Hope, you know? Yeah. And that's a low blow. I love it, though. It's so it's R2. It's so good. It's so R2, though, right? Because he's yeah. – remo- I, I, just in that for that brief moment, too, it, it was such a beautifully encapsulating scene of the entire saga. Well, maybe not mm-hmm. the entire saga, but at least the, the, the 40-odd years of Luke's story. Right. Yes. It was just it just took you immediately back in a good way. It wasn't like cheap nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia. It was a perfect character moment that just took you right back to them in his you know garage on Tatooine, and just his life being like being born again in that moment. And but I, it, it's so good that it's not enough for Luke because he's saying, that, "But I'm not that kid anymore." Right. Like I've lived right. a life and now I regret much of, I regret a lot of that life. I can't go back. Um, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's a great moment. Absolutely great. Um, and he has, and he does tell R2 to watch his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Sacred Island. Watch your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. it oh, um, one, one little itty bitty detail that I noticed. See last night I was so excited after watching the movie that I be, you know, I went home um, after my walk, and I started playing Battlefront 2. Um, and I still haven't finished the uh, campaign, and so I, I started playing the campaign some more. And there's that level with Luke and one of the... Uh, Inferno the, Squads. The, the Inferno Squadron guys. Um, and he picks up something. Luke picks up something in that mission, and I saw it on his shelf. Um, right. It's a, it's it, a compass. It, it, so I thought that was great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a compass. Um, yeah. That's supposed to, like it helped him find Octu. Um, yeah, that was really cool. Um, I don't want to play because apparently I was just talking to somebody who beat all the, the new campaign mode. Cause right. That we just got some new add ons to the campaign through the, uh, the recent DLC. Um, <laughs> and apparently it's like a substantial amount of content, which is really cool. I thought it would be like a, brief level but apparently it's like easily half an hour's worth of gameplay i was like oh that's great um but uh anyway yeah i wanted to mention something real quick that i was just thinking of while you were talking about that moment with luke i also do like when chewy breaks the door in 
It's a Luke's <laughs> hut. And but he, and he says, "Where's Han?" Ugh. Right. And and it hit me right there. I'm like, "Oh my god, he didn't feel Han's death." What the hell? Like, how could he have not felt that? But then, I mean, but it, it's already been, well, I don't know if it had been explained at that point, but we learn he's literally shut himself off to the force. Yes. So he didn't feel it. No. Um, and that's just like, wow, you didn't know. And, but it, right. It's so apparent. Like he knows the Falcons there and here's Chewie. Where's Han? And yeah. uh, it was, oh, that just like, it hit me right. It hit me right in the feels. I know. I know. Um, uh, but, um, Jason, I'm going to sadly have to start wrapping up because, uh, I got a quick, I got a quick bite deep before I head over to the theater. Um, but, uh, any like last, last minute thing, cause I know again, we're going to be recording next week, um, and going much more into detail, but yeah. uh, anything else you want to, to hit on before we wrap this up? Yeah, um, just sort of a pulling back 30,000-foot view of this thing. It's a very different Star Wars movie, as we, we have said. Um, there's a lot of new things it does, it, little new directions that it tries to take us. Um, it takes a lot of risks, uh, big you know, steps and that sort of thing, which I commend them for doing so. Uh, time will tell whether or not those risks pay off and, and work. But I commend them for trying to take those risks and trying to bring something new that hasn't been done yet to Star Wars. Um, This is a movie that is fantastic. I'm not sure – I'm not going to say it's the best Star Wars movie, but it's not – it's a good Star Wars movie. That's for sure. Um, It definitely had a lot of stuff that made me pop, made me excited. Uh, I need more time to digest it. To formulate, you know, full opinions on things and all that fun stuff. But right now, this movie has me very excited and uh, revved up for for what they could be doing in Episode Nine. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see if this story ends in Episode Nine, mm-hmm. or if stuff, or if elements of it continue. Right. Because we've almost reset again. You know, uh, the the resistance is down to the formal resistance is down to the crew on the Falcon. Um, but Leia says they have what they need to restart the rebellion. Uh, the First Order had lost its figurehead. Uh, now it's got Kylo and you know that's not going to go as well as it was with Snoke at the helm. Um so we've almost kind of reset in a way, and Luke says the war is just beginning. We're probably jumping ahead several years uh, for Episode Nine, um, and we'll get a lot of stories and stuff taking place between eight and nine to fill in those that war. But I'm excited. This this movie definitely elevated the Force Awakens, in my opinion. Um, and is making this sequel trilogy uh, have its own identity um, while still being connected and feeling like it, at least to me, like it fits with the rest of the Star Wars films. Okay. There you go. You know, and no, you know, and, and, and I, I agree with a lot of what you just said in the sense of, yeah, episode nine will I would imagine be at least a few years out. Um, 
But uh, yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. I think this is solidifying that the sequel trilogy is going to feel different than the other two trilogies. I mean, the OT and the the prequels are very different feeling films. Um, I think that one thing the original trilogy does a little better than the prequels is each of the original films feel very different from one another. The prequels all feel very similar. Um, not, they're not the same. I'm not trying to say they're the same. They're definitely very different movies, but there is a similar feel. I think it's mainly just because of the over-reliance of CGI. See, nothing ever like visually looked stunningly different. Um, but, uh, I think with this again, like this, I guarantee you, if I had grown up um, in uh, nineteen eighty, right, and I watched Empire Strikes Back after A New Hope, I would have. I think I would have felt a similar way to what I feel now about this compared to Force Awakens. They're very different films, Um, but it's giving us a new flavor of Star Wars. And I'll I'll be completely honest. I'm having a little bit of trouble swallowing that pill. Um, I don't. Again, I don't think it's bad. Like Last Jedi is a phenomenally good movie i loved it i was entertained i laughed i cried i had a great time um i felt like exactly what ryan johnson said was true about i definitely wanted to go home and play with my action figures um like there was so much great stuff to it it was just such a different feeling of star wars and i'm not saying i don't i'm not putting a judgment on that it's just it was different and i know for me who is just still very infatuated with Mr. Lucas. Um, it's just, it's just a diff. It's just such a, a, a abrupt shift that it's just, I know it's going to take me some getting used to. I don't, I don't hate it. I don't dislike it. It's just, I know um, for me, it's very, it's just very challenging. Um, and, uh, but I, but like you said, I appreciate the risks they took. I appreciate that they took the they took the story in a very different direction. Um, but I will still say this at the end of the day, and I, it, episode nine will will make or break this trilogy for me in the sense yeah. of it being a worthwhile trilogy because I still don't think this story needs to be told beyond episode six, right? Like that's the George Lucas made Return of the Jedi to be a final film in a saga. That's very clear. He did not intend to do seven, eight, and nine by 1983, at least, right? Like, yes, he right. originally had 12 films and then nine films. And then he said, screw it, I'm doing three. And then he was like, all right, I guess I'll do the, you know, the prequels. Um, so it was very clear that Return of the Jedi has a definitive end. Um, yeah. So, and like, this is what I said about Force Awakens. Like, Force Awakens is a great movie, it's a lot of fun, but it doesn't, like, it still doesn't make it clear why it needed to happen. Last Jedi still doesn't make it clear that this sequel trilogy needs to happen. And I'm not not saying like, I don't like them. They're great movies, but I think nine will really, and apparently JJ has said, again, it's not a direct quote. Somebody heard him say it, but his intention with nine is to literally put together all three trilogies. Like it's to, in a way, summarize all of them and put all the pieces together. I hope that's true. That's a tall, tall order. That is a huge order. Like, yeah, I think he can pull that off. I will, laud him as possibly the greatest filmmaker of our generation um but that is a huge order to fulfill yeah and i'm not sure how realistic it is yeah again and it could be a misquote it could be he could have never said it um i will say this i think i'm more comfortable with him doing it than ryan johnson though i think jj is the better one to finish this trilogy as great as ryan took the story as great as ryan changed things up and took us in a new direction 
I want JJ to close this out. I actually have more confidence in JJ f- making a great nine than Ryan Johnson. Um, that being said, I don't, I don't even know how I would rank last year. I compared to force awakens. Like right now, I know when we did our initial force awakens reactions two years ago, I was like, this is one of my, you know, this is like right below empire for me. And obviously mm-hmm. it's oh, in the last two years, it's certainly a slipped. It's not that high anymore. Um, it's kind of settled more towards the middle. I don't, I don't want to rank this movie right now. It's too much no. and it's too different for me to be able to rank it. Um, eventually I, I'll be able to, I really, really like it. Um, but it just still feels so different from everything else. And Brian Young made this point on their last Full of Sith podcast, which I think was a brilliant point. And Brian Young is a brilliant person. But he yes. said a huge part of Star Wars is familiarity. And that's so true, right? Like it's so easy to like want to see things similar to the originals because that's I grew up with those, right? I never had to get used to them. That's just what I grew up with. It was in my DNA, right? Those, that, those were what I watched when I watched Star Wars. And then the prequels, I was at the perfect age to love them. I mean, I was young, and they were fun and exciting, and they captured you. I'm in a different place in life, um, and this is a very different take on Star Wars. And it also has nothing to do with George Lucas anymore. Um, so it's just a very different direction. And, you know... The thing is, and again, this I'm not. I don't mean to try to sound negative here, but to me, again, kind of the importance of eventually Disney starting to pump the brakes a little bit on the films, especially and at least definitely the saga films, is because we need that time to become so familiar with these films, like we have with the prequels, like we have with the originals, that they all just start to meld together into one big story, right? Yeah. We we we've had the the originals for between 30 and 40 years, we've had the prequels for, you know, between 15 and 20 years, like almost like we've had all those things for a long time. And for these new things to come out that are so dramatically different, it's just, again, familiarity is important. Yeah. Thank you, Brian. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, but I was going to comment on that, but I forgot. Oh no, but, but you're, but I will say, you know, you're, you are right. They are, pumping the brakes on the the um the numbered films anyways um after episode nine for a little bit because you know we're gonna have some standalones we're gonna have a new trilogy but it's not supposed to be right connected to to this story right so you know will we get 10 11 12 probably maybe you know but it'll be down the road right so and i think you're right we are gonna get that that pumping the brakes and have time for that familiarity to set in before they add something to it. Right. Yeah. I'll say this. I will guarantee we have 10, 11, 12. If Ray and Kylo end up getting together in episode nine. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's I'm not not saying it's going to happen, but if, if that does happen, like if it ends with the two of them somehow romantically connected, we will definitely have 10, 11, 12 at some point. Uh, Yes, that is, that is a fact. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, right. I mean, this is a great movie, and I can't wait to see it again. I'm, I'm seeing it tonight, tomorrow night, and Sunday night, so <laughs> I'll have plenty of times to uh, to digest it. Um, but I'm very much looking forward to coming back early next week and and bre- breaking this into even more with you. Yeah, yeah. So Carl and I are going to do that. We'll have had more time to digest it. We'll have a more structured conversation, hopefully, um, when we come back for our, our full official episode. But then the following week is your turn to shine. We want to get your thoughts, your emails. Uh, if you want to send in audio files, that that was great too. 
your thoughts on The Last Jedi so we can continue to discuss this uh, with you in a sense. So um, be on the lookout, though. Uh, sometime next week, we'll probably take off the spoiler embargo on our Facebook and stuff. So if you want to talk to us about it on Facebook and Twitter uh, sometime next week, uh, probably when we release our next episode. Um, right. But right. just keep an eye out for that. Well, at this point, if you're listening, you've you've already seen it. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Carl, if they want to weigh in on the Last Jedi or anything else, where can they do that? Um, obviously, on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Wampuslayer Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Wampuslayer. Send us emails at Wampuslayer Podcast at gmail.com. Um, and if you want to support us on Patreon, quick. Thank you to all of those who signed up in the last couple of weeks to listen to the the mini episodes we released before the movie came out. Kind of redundant now if you've seen the movie, um, but uh, those are over on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash podcast. And if you want to support the show, we always appreciate it. Did I lose you, Jason? All right. Well, apparently Jason's gone. So I will close this episode out. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this episode of the Wampuslayer Podcast. This has been episode 261, Last Jedi First Reactions. For Jason, I'm Carl, and we will see you next week in the Wampuslayer. Lair.